Bitcoin accumulation country. My name is Phil. This is the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. We're in season two, and this is episode 44. Hope everybody's having a great week. I just finished a really interesting interview with somebody I met way back prior to the lightning trust chain days. And because of Bitcoin time, it always seems like everything is forever. Um, and anyways, when those times were happening, it was it was dark and it was difficult and everyone was, or a lot of people that weren't really um, paying attention to the uh, the developments were just getting afraid that that's it, the, the party's over and, and Bitcoin's going to go and die. Well, here we are, we're having this talk, so once again, not dead. Anyways, here is my chat with Fartface2k. Alright everybody, thanks for joining me on another episode of Fun with Bitcoin podcast. I'm Phil, and joining me tonight is, I consider to be a very special guest to me because he was somebody that I started talking to before uh, the Lightning Trust chain, and um, if anybody knows those times, it was like Bitcoin was really slumping, and the mood out there was really dark, and there was just a couple of people that were saying some really good things over and over again and, you know, keeping it going. And um, the person that I'm referring to is Fartface2k. And he was making these really good, positive comments, things that, you know, like weren't outlandishly positive. They were uh, realistic and it made sense and it resonated with me. So I'm very fortunate to have him on my podcast tonight. Fartface2k, man, thank you so much. Hey, man, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Cool, cool. Glad to, glad to talk. You know, I don't get to talk Bitcoin with too many people, you know? No. My, uh, the insiders, man, they don't want, my, you know, my inside people here, they don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> Maybe they'll talk about it. <laughs> Maybe they'll talk about it when we're, you know, on the moon and I'm taking them on vacation and then they'll listen to me. But right now, I'm just laying cool at home, you know? I know exactly what you mean. It's, uh, you know, like the people around me closest to me, they don't want to hear it anymore. The second anybody comes close to mentioning Bitcoin, I, I know they're all rolling their eyes because yep. they, they know I'm going to say something. Yep. <laughs> so, it's good stuff, I'm sorry? It's good stuff, though. I mean, you got to take it, you know, you got to take it both ways. You know, when it's going up, you take it, you, you know, you take that positive feedback from people. And when it's going down... You got to listen to it also, you know? Yeah, you do. You do. You have to listen to it. But at the same time, it's like you got to, I, I find that even, um, I find that even going up, you know, you, you still hear the, uh, the negativity. Like for me, to be honest, from the quote unquote, no coiners, it's, it's kind of always negativity. You know what I mean? It's like, it's negativity when it goes up because, you know, it's, it's a bubble. And when it goes down, it's, I told you so. Yep. You know, so they all, they always win in their negativity. <laughs> hey, it's uh, every everybody. You could tell everybody has a bias. You know, I have a bias. You have a bias. We're you know, and then other people that aren't on. You know, they're they're not in. They're no coiners. They're not hoping for this thing to succeed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Of course. So they're never going to give you positive feedback. They're only going to bring up the stuff when it comes negative. You know. When negative news, they're going to bring it up. So you got, you got to let it go, you know, just let it go. So you can't, you can't, uh, can't take it personal. You have your beliefs. I have my beliefs, you know, 
You can't convince people. No, the, the last thing you want to do is convince somebody to buy something that, number one, they're going to buy it. They're competing with you, right? And then number two, if it goes down, they're going to come back to you and they're going to bellyache anyway. So why uh, try to convince too many people? Let them find out for themselves. No, that's true. And actually, you know, if you, um, to your point about not being able to convince people, um, I, you can't, um, you know, you can't convince somebody of something that they don't want to believe themselves. So there's no point, like there's no point in expending that energy if they're not willing to listen. If they are willing to listen, then it's worth it, you know, because yeah. then they're, they're more open to the idea. But when somebody has their idea, like, especially like when we're arguing, let's say on Twitter or something like that, you know, with like some shit coin or like it even happened today, actually, uh, you know, somebody tried to shill me nano, you know, and, and and it wasn't even like it was on somebody else's thread. And I'm like, you know what? And you go take a look and obviously they have a CEO. It's a company, you know, and it, it's, you, you know, all the, the typical stuff, right? It's not going to be a real store of value. Yeah, I don't I don't see me having any use case for any cryptocurrency other than Bitcoin. If Bitcoin doesn't succeed, you you will not hear me in the cryptocurrency space again. Yeah. There's no other coin that appeals to me that I, you know. I agree. They don't have the same qualities. There's no reason. I, I may I, I may as well just go back to I may as well just go back to stocks. Just put my money into stocks, you know? <laughs> but I'm not saying that as investment advice, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, um I actually, there's uh, th- there was a couple of things uh, that I-, I wanted to, uh, to to touch on specifically. Um, the I-, I don't recall if you said this in a podcast with uh, with Vlad because I listened to that podcast and and it was amazing. By the way, um, it was great uh, great insight and you were absolutely candid. It was awesome and I- I'll I'll put the link in the uh, in the show notes for that. You know, so people can check that out as well. Um, but you mentioned something interesting that I wrote down that um, you like to you like to build to actually learn. Like you know how we were talking about different ways yeah. of learning, and and with Bitcoin it's very abstract. And if you're not like you know, of course you have to be somewhat technical. But if you're not incredibly technical, the barrier to entry was very high. Like you know, even for me who has like a technical background, I I couldn't. I, let's say from a technical perspective, I couldn't enter it earlier, and and so you know like. What would you say help you know helped you get into it and understand it? Uh, well, I went in stupid. Okay, I spent more money up front. I mean, I was in deep, you know. Um, so I started buying. Well, so I started buying shit coins and Bitcoin simultaneously, and I bought miners. I bought Litecoin miners. I bought a Sia uh, miner. I bought two S nines. I just thought it was the coolest thing, and it was a distraction during the winter, you know? It was fun. Um, and I realized I was losing money. I was able to do the math, what my electricity cost was, what, how much the coin I was mining, and what the um, what it was worth at the time. But I kept records. I keep, keep keep I kept records the whole time. I actually turned off my last miner maybe like a month or two ago. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I had to understand from from – from the beginning, you know, how this all worked, you know, how my computer or how a computer could could participate in mining and and, you know, offer its hash and offer its computer power to a pool. And then they would distribute the rewards accordingly to, you know, how much hash you were contributing to that pool. It, it was it was unbelievable. I wish I got in early, you know, when I when I would actually get some real Bitcoin. coin for my 
for my uh, hash, but um, oh. it explained it to me, and and, and I lived through the whole um, when the when the um, hash rate went down really low, and then my mining uh, rewards actually went up, and I held through that. So it gave me a good feel for you know the ecosystem and how it works, and and the um, the game theory behind mining, you know, and uh, I learned there was very few up. Very few times that a miner sold his coins and not look back and say, you know, I probably should have held or, you know, I should, you know, every miner that sold above today's price or below today's price was a bad decision, was a bad business decision. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but they, but they have to because most of them are paying their, you know, their uh, operational expenses when they're doing, but a hobby miner like myself didn't really matter. You know, I was able to hold, I'm still holding those coins that I mined. Um, <laughs> I did the same it, for the coins I mined. <laughs> right. But it does educate you to the, uh, the ecosystem and how it all works. And it's fun. I mean, it's, it's pretty easy. You know, anybody that thinks mining's hard, it's not, you know, you just plug the fucking thing in. You get on your computer, you log into the, the back end of it, and you point it at, you know, you log into your mining pool, you point it at your account, and that's it. You just leave them plugged in. Yep. You know? Yeah, it, re it really is easy. I mean, I I think, um, uh, like, maybe there was, like, one config file I had to edit or something, you know, like, just to throw in, like, a, you know, like, a, the uh, the URL of the mining pool. Right. You know, or something like that, but, uh, so... Uh, just to uh, j just to go back, uh, you know, to uh, to talk about the um, the importance of the mining. I, I think it's not even the fact that you're actually mining coin; it's that you're learning the process of how it exists. And I think that that um, even for me, I did the same type of thing. I was a hobby miner, um, and uh, I only did CPU mining though. I did not get any rigs because uh, I had access to a lot of free hardware, a lot of free servers, a lot of free machines. The only thing I didn't have access to though was free electricity. Yeah, and that, that's, <laughs> that's kind of the problem. Yeah. So once I plugged in twenty machines at home, like like I had like three servers, and um, and then I had a whole bunch of like really high end desktops. Uh, yeah, so that became extremely expensive. So I quickly unplugged everything, and it totally wasn't worth it. But it, but it teaches you what why it's hard money. Yes, you just can't, but yes. you just can't make it out of nothing. Nope, you, you got to spend money to make it. That's right. You have to There's spend no resources, right? Yeah. Yes. So. Yep. But to go back to it, like it's you know it's it's that you're able to learn that process through that. So I, I would even suggest you know even to like new people you know like beginners you know that that want to get into it. It might be worth it at least you know if they can do it with you know something low end or free, you know, like a machine that they can do it with, you know, maybe even one minor, it's actually worth it to actually go through that process because then you really, you do start to understand. Yep. You I know? agree. Um, okay. The, uh, the other thing that, um, one of the other things that I noticed was, uh, you, uh, you talk, you talk a lot about, uh, like, uh, family values. And obviously I noticed, you know, obviously like, you know, we're both Bitcoin hodlers and I, I think that there's like a kind of like a, a theme, like in Bitcoin land, like for, you know, like we're not just talking traders or anything like that. Um, like just, you know, actual <laughs> hodlers of it. I, I find that there's like a certain ethics and morals and, you know, our, our, our beliefs. So 
But what's uh, your that, what's your take on that? Well, my family's everything. Okay, so that's the number one. You know, um, but I mean, the only reason I'm into into Bitcoin is really I'm just trying to cross off boxes for my future family. You know what I mean? If um, I'm hedging what I have, everything I've earned to up to this point, everything I've provided for my family. I mean, I see the economy, what's going on, our, you know, our political system, and it just throw your hands up in the air. You know what I mean? You're powerless. You, you know, we're yeah. powerless. I mean, you could know all the right answers, but there's, you're one of many, and everybody has their own bias. And you could see all these politicians working to everybody's bias, and it's fucking sickening, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, so I'm just a citizen. I'm just trying to carve my way, you know, and I'm trying to plan for my, my family's future. You know, I'm not going to be here the whole time. Uh, my kids are all daughters, not to say that they're, you know, not as good as guys, but, you know, gotta, I, I think a little bit more, Take I take their, you know, take more responsibility for their futures than maybe I would a son. I never, I don't have, never had a son, so I can't tell you, but they're all self-sufficient. They're all college educated. They're all working, you know, but uh, you still got to think, you know, you still got to plan. You still got to do estate planning. And, hey, Bitcoin could be huge in the future. Could be tremendous, could be a tremendous asset in the future. And uh, can't write it off. You're crazy if you write it off. I mean, yeah, the last couple of months have been fucking shitty. Well, right. I mean, we did go up to 14K. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, for, for those of us that, that sat through the whole entire thing, I, I think like, you know, from what I understand, you, you went through the 2017 bubble. Like, I, I'm trying to remember when I first started talking to you. I know it was before the Lightning Trust chain, but yeah. I, I feel I like got, you were there. I got, in, I got in December 31st, 2017. Oh, my God. So that's when I first started dollar cost averaging in. Um, you know, I laid it in down at the 3,000, 4,000 level, you know, way higher and, um, you know, I took some profits, not taxable profits. I played it GBTC in my 401k and I, st and I'm stacking the hold. Yeah. My, my stack that I stack is not for me. It's for my, maybe my future self and my kids, you know, fucking Bitcoin hits a hundred thousand, 200,000. Of yeah. course I'm going to sell some oh, yeah. and, 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 and live like, uh, <laughs> you know, live it up. This is the only life you got. But, uh. But, you know, that's what I consider my stack. I consider my stack something I'm putting aside. Kids take that. But, you know, my GBTC that I was that I own in my 401k, I did take some profits. But I've been adding to it now, too. Okay. You know? I want to ask you because I've noticed something because, obviously, you know, we all see each other's posts all the time. I noticed that recently you started posting about options. Yes. Okay. I know nothing. So I'm a very boring, I come from like, uh, you know, besides a technical background, I'm an amateur, not really a trader. I'm an amateur investor. I, yeah. I, I take after like people like Warren Buffett, who I know thinks Bitcoin is rat poison, but in terms of investments, he is the best stock holder there is. Like if you're going to follow anybody that knows how to hold a stock and purchase a cheap or we'll say a good quality stock at a reasonable valuation, it's him. So I, I took to learning his method and I'm that type of like investor in stocks. So what I'm trying to say is, is that I looked at options and I, I, I read it and I kind of get it. <laughs> so 
Well, so with, with, yeah, so yeah, I'll elaborate with my <laughs> try my, to help. Uh, strategy, what my strategy is with options with with Bitcoin is similarly to a strategies that I had in like the early in 2009, 2010, after we had the big correction, I sold a lot of puts on stocks that I wanted to own. So like advanced microsystems was a two dollar stock at 2009, 2010. So all you could lose selling a, you know, selling a dollar put or a two dollar put is two dollars. It could only go to zero. Right. So each contract's 100, 100 shares, 200 bucks. I was selling like, you know, hundreds of contracts because, you know, I had the cash. If you were willing to buy the stock, why not sell the puts? Let the market make you long. You know, same thing with like Microsoft. When Microsoft was down in like the 30s, 25s, if you were a big believer in the stock and you would have bought it just to hold it for the dividend, it's a great way to enter is sell puts that are out of the money. You know, let the market take you in. And during that time, they're paying you to take that risk. So Bitcoin's coming down. I had looked into like a Ledger X um, account a few months ago, but you had to be an accredited investor. It was a lot to it. I had to get my accountant to write a letter. I, did, I, didn't, I didn't bother. So then... So now they have this Omni X. So I was, it was very easy to open an account. Basically, it's 100% collateralized. If you want to sell covered call, you got to have a Bitcoin on their, you know, on their on their books. If you want to sell a put, you got to have the cash on the books to cover that put if you get filled. You know, if the if the price goes below. So, <clears throat> I mean, I, th- I think I think Bitcoin's cheap. So I'm. I'm depositing cash and I'm selling put contracts below the market value, taking in income. And if the market, if the market takes me in, I'm in. So example today, I got filled on a uh, December, 2020, $7,500 put. I think I pay, I think I got paid about 2,200 bucks. So in that scenario come expiration, which is uh, December 18th, 2020, if it's below seventy five hundred dollars, I have to buy it for seventy five hundred because I get I promised oh. to somebody else. I promised to somebody else that they could sell it for seventy five hundred. So when you sell a put, you're basically telling the person who bought the put that they can sell their Bitcoin at seventy five hundred dollars. So they're evidently long. That person could be long from a dollar to eight thousand. He's trying to hedge his position. He's willing to pay me. Um, $2,200 to be able to sell at 7500 But to him, he's actually only getting 5300 because he's given me twenty two. That's right. And, this thing, and the same thing goes for me. I'm not actually buying at 7500 I'm buying at 53 because I got paid 2200 to take that action. So That's pretty smart. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's actually a more – most people hear options and they think, oh, risk. It's actually a more conservative way to play the underlying if you're a seller. If you're a buyer, you got time decay. You know, there's a lot of things. That, so they say 90% of all options expire worthless. That's pretty much a given if you think about it. So as a seller, you only got to be right. <laughs> you don't have to be right that often, right? That's, if 90% of them expire worthless. That's true. So, yeah. So and it, 
listen, it's a lot easier to hold than a, a $7,500 put than to buy $8,000 Bitcoin. I might have right? to I might have to send you a DM and show me what this Omni X thing is. I've never I've never done this before, but like it sounds interesting. It's it's it different. Does. And listen, it does. You don't have it's the upside. Let's be honest, you don't have the upside. If Bitcoin Yeah, exactly. If Bitcoin between this now and December eighteenth goes to twenty five thousand, I make two thousand. Yeah. The buyer the buyer of Bitcoin at seventy five hundred or eight thousand made seventeen grand. Yeah. So you have that opportunity loss. Yeah. So it's more conservative, but you don't have the upside. So I think I'll just so, I'll, I'll just continue to dollar cost average. You know, it's like it's, it, listen, and 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 this is what I see in it's in, not for everyone. In, the, well, this is what I I notice on Twitter and on everything. People's bias make other people think you got to do everything one way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can't own Bitcoin and own gold. Why not? I know. <laughs> Why the fuck not? Oh, I man. See, Sacrilegious. You know I mean? <laughs> I know, I'm kidding. Have, I'm kidding. Like, like me, I always tell everybody, I have buckets. <laughs> I'm a bucket investor. You know, I'm not tied to one particular bias. I have about five or six, maybe ten buckets. They all feel different. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not tied it's, to one investment it, strategy. It's hedging, and it's just trying to get the best of each class, you know? It's like that's that's kind of the way I see it. Like I mean, look, I I'm also a you know I'm a, I'm also a gold owner because I come from a background before this of you know wanting to own gold. I, I obviously didn't sell it, but you know it's like for me I I don't have a choice. You know, like it's like and it has nothing to do with hedging against Bitcoin. It just has to do with no. understanding humanity. Like it, it just has to do with understanding people. So you know, like anybody who thinks that it's like, oh, you know, it's it's like I said before, like sacrilegious that you know somebody's hold, you know, holding Bitcoin and holding gold and you know holding stocks or whatever it is. Like it's like you know you don't you don't really understand. Like they're not hedging against Bitcoin necessarily. They're just understanding human behavior. <laughs> yeah, and and plus, listen, I'm a working man. I'm only really trying to, you know, uh, maintain what I my the. Whatever I produce, I'm trying to store that. Mm. And, you know, you can't afford to work all day, every day, and just be, put everything in one, you know, one investment, one bucket. You, it's too risky, especially when you got other family members, you know? Oh, yeah. That are relying on you. So you, you got to be diversified. You're stupid if you're not. But think about it. Like, before Bitcoin, like, what, what did we really have? You know, you're going to buy bonds, which, you know, they're boring. You know, you're going to you're going to get stocks, which is pretty much the only place where you can get any real action. You know what? Real estate. Real estate is OK. It's you, real estate's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's a lot of work. It is. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of paperwork. It's a lot of time. And yeah. to be perfectly honest, uh, I find the upside to stocks is I understand that real estate is steadier, but the upside to stocks, you just got to be right a few times, you know, like. Like, I, I feel like the multi-baggers, at least in my case, my multi-baggers, you know, the ones that went up over 100 times, you know, 100% multiple yeah. times, uh, you know, it's it's a minority, but it more than covers every stupid mistake I've ever made. Yeah. You know, like the 20 problem, times over. <laughs> so. the, problem, the problem is most people sell at a reasonable profit. They don't hold those 20 timers, 20x. <sighs> you know what I mean? I know personally... I don't think I can remember any stock I've held 20x, although I've had some 
that have gone, you know, 20, 30, 100 X, but I exited at, you know, one X, two X, maybe, you know, I, but portions, you know, maybe I'll hold on to a minority, but I'll sell along the way. You know, it's very hard it, to hold. It is. It definitely is. But you know what sometimes helps? The, uh, the fact that there's so much censorship. Because this is actually what happened to me is that I hold stocks in a Canadian account. And maybe I would have sold them. Who knows? But ever since I moved to the U.S., what happened is is that um, because of the laws between – I think it's, it's not the bank. It's actually the SEC. Because I'm living here in the U.S., I am not allowed to log into my online account to trade through that account. Even though I still have, you know, valid ID, valid address, and everything in Canada as well, but That's I'm not crazy. allowed because I am currently living here. So it doesn't so matter. How, huh? so how would you sell or whatever? Can you sell your stocks? The only way that I can do it, I'm only allowed to do one transaction, which is sell. That's it. Yeah. I can't trade. I can't do anything else. And once I sell, they're just going to simply move all the money out of the account. It's like they don't and, want and, me doing it. And Canada will probably tax you on somebody will tax you on your gains. I already called them and they and and I said I was like, what if I'm just like trying to transfer them to my e trade? They're like, nope, has to be. You have to sell it. It's a taxable event. So to me, it's like a form of censorship, you know. Because so, anyways, as a result, the only thing that I get because I can't even log into my account online to see anything, I get a statement every three months, you know, every quarter, and and I get to see. So that's it. And then when I eventually move back to Canada, you know, I'll sell them if I if I move back. But no matter what, I have to I essentially have to be there if I really want to pull everything out and do it properly. <laughs> so it's yeah. just kind of weird. Yeah. They're so fun- yeah, I, I have no problem. I have no problem with stocks. I think they're overvalued right now. Oh yeah. And that's what that's what really got me into Bitcoin is that I the stocks that I owned, the mutual funds that I owned, I couldn't believe the returns I was getting. I couldn't believe the values that they were being valued at. And, you know, I'm still extremely nervous. And, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, you can't, you can't, you know, you sell, you got to pay capital gains. Then you're, what are you going to put it in? Dollars? No. It's a waste. Bonds? There's, there's no, there's nothing to be made in bonds. Uh, you know, you got the interest rate risk. Um, so you, you, most Americans are sitting ducks, you know what I mean? We're sitting ducks. You've got nowhere to go. You know, it's like that's that's the problem. We, we really don't. And I, I just find like, you know, Bitcoin, you know, to your point, that's the only place we really have to turn. And, and it's not even about, uh, you know, it going up astronomically. All it simply has to do, okay, all it simply has to do is maintain its value against the dollar that's ever being printed into infinity. Let's be honest, you know, like the the sheer printing of the dollar will cause the Bitcoin price to rise. Just that alone. If, 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 listen, if Bitcoin, if you told me right now, Bitcoin would hold its purchasing value consistent from here to the rest of my life, I would only buy Bitcoin. (laughs) It it doesn't, no, it's seriously, it doesn't have to doesn't have to go up. Doesn't have to. <laughs> I, I just want to. I just want something that holds its value. That's it. And you can and accumulate it, it, and it holds its value. <laughs> right. And if you told me there was no risk, oh, forget about it. I'd be. That's all I would do is stack sats. You know, pile them up. Doesn't fucking matter. Right. The only thing that makes you hesitant is what we've experienced in the last twenty-four hours. 
is the oh my god you know, is the market. Okay, so let's talk about <laughs> that. Let's talk about that. Uh, I didn't I didn't see any uh, I didn't see any stacks pictures. I was expecting I twice today. I stacked nice. Twice today. Yeah, me I too. Stacked it, I stacked it seventy nine hundred and I and I stacked it seventy five hundred, and I sold at least two put options today. Dude, well, we did and everything I, except those two put options together. And I could <laughs> I the same and I, You know what? I could be dead wrong. And when this thing comes out, everybody can say, "What a jerk off!" But I don't care. It's okay. I really don't care, man. I'm building my stack. I know what I, I know where I want to be. I believe in it. Um, I think it's the best thing that could ever happen to humanity. And I think Cosmo Cook says it's like a religion. Listen, I'll donate to Bitcoin before I donate to the Red Cross. How about that? Yeah, exactly. How about Same that? Same here. <laughs> Maybe that's bad. Maybe we suck. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah. But we're thinking about something a little different. Um, Listen. It's it's the perfect charity. I mean, it is. There's definitely, definitely self-interest. There's no doubt. It's definitely self-interest. But we're also taking a lot of risk. So, every dollar we put into this, we're risking every fucking dollar. Okay. So, I don't disagree, but let's talk about the self-interest part because I've thought about this and although I don't disagree, yes it is a, a matter of self-interest, but is it really is it really self-interest that you decide that you don't want the government to make you poorer? Like is that is that really that much self interest? Yeah. Like as a society, if every single person decides this, still, are, yeah, are we still, still being selfish? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with self interest. <laughs> I know, I know, dude. dude life there's is always selfish. a level. Hey, life is selfish. You you it have is. to if you're not, if you're not if you're not if you don't think of your if you don't think about yourself and take care of yourself and make decisions based on yourself, who's gonna? It's true. You, 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 you know, I mean, really, the last thing you want, and last thing I want is society picking up your uh, bad decisions or picking up your shortfalls. I want you to take care of yourself. I want you to make the best decisions for yourself. I want everybody to think of themselves and be selfish. I mean, we need society to think of themselves. So, but isn't it interesting, though? If people are like if people are like that and if everybody is doing that technically what if you if you see how that plays out it would actually mean that people because people would be acting out of self-interest positive self-interest it would turn, right. it would turn out to create like a positive effect right i'm not talking you know? we're not talking about screwing people no we're no of talking, course not exactly right. we're we're talking about just doing what's best for you yes so, and and that's all we need people to do. We need people to do what's best for themselves. Exactly. And, uh, and Bitcoin's a perfect feedback loop. I mean, it's perfect. It incentivizes you to do the right thing. It incentivizes somehow. Somehow, Bitcoin incentivizes people to eat better, to shop less, to learn more. Okay. Yeah. To think low time preference like let's be honest it's like somehow it's it's like we always see right we don't change bitcoin bitcoin changes us i'm 48 years old i signed up for an economics course with safety <laughs> how's that going by the way i wanted to I, ask you about I, that i listened to the first lecture it was great it cool. was great i'll probably do it again he leaves you notes hey listen it, it was very inexpensive if you don't 80 bucks 100 bucks something like that it was it was very inexpensive it's 11 weeks and it'll, you know, the way I see it, I want to be, I want to be smart and I want to be, I want to be able to have a conversation 
with somebody intellectually why Bitcoin has value. Yes. You know, I get I get approached by a lot of people, you know, that are that have money, that know that I like Bitcoin and they'll ask me, but I don't understand. Why does it have value? You know, what makes it have value? And then you have to be able to explain to them that value is subjective. And then you have to be able to, you know, elaborate on that. And you, you got to be able to do it in, a, in an educational, in, in you know, an intellectual way. So they actually believe what you're saying and understand what you're saying. Um, so that's more or less, you know, why I'm taking the course. I, I, I believe in I believe in it. But I want to be able to communicate it better so other people will believe what I'm saying. Yeah, I really like that. And I also find that very difficult as well, um, obviously, depending on, you know, who my audience is, um, you know, like it depends on how the message will come out. But to your point, to be able to explain it in, you know, in those terms intelligibly and, and also simply as well, because let's be honest, Saifedean, um, although he's extremely intelligent, he is also able to explain the message very simply. And yeah. that, that to me is really what's beautiful, you know, to be able to explain it that simply. And I think, definitely. and I think that that's what comes with, with knowledge. So I, I'll definitely, um, I, I'll definitely look into it. I, I didn't realize that it was, uh, that inexpensive. I mean, seriously, a hundred bucks is really, uh, to me that that's fairly reasonable, you know, and, and I believe that any kind of, any kind of paying for any kind of education, uh, you know what I mean? Like that's an investment in yourself. So it's totally yeah, worth it. Definitely. Um, like I said, I never, and it's, it's something that I don't know. You know, it's something I've only picked up in the last two years. I mean, I never thought of Austrian economics two years ago. I really never even thought about it, you know? And then you, you get skin in the game and then you're like, why is it? Well, you know, you start to think, you know, about Bitcoin and, and why it would have value to other people. And then, and then you start to learn the economics of it and why it could be a totally different system than what we have now. I mean, really, you think about reserve banking and how money is introduced into this system that hasn't been produced yet. And you're out there working. I tweeted the other day, and I'm, and I'm serious. I'm fucking going to work in the morning, battling fucking traffic, <laughs> With hundreds of other people. I hate it. And, and I dox myself. I'm in New Jersey. It's the fucking most congested fucking state in the U.S. Mm. It could take me 45 minutes. It could take me two hours to get to work. And I'm not the only one. You know, we do it every day. And everybody's going to work to make fiat. Right? Yeah. They're going. They're spending half their day going through traffic, going to work, coming back, you know, dealing with their coming home, dealing with everything at home, and they're going to sleep, going to the same thing like a rat, like a fucking hamster on a wheel, day in, day out, to earn something that can be produced by not, by, for nothing, right? I mean, think about all the money that's coming into the system that our dollars that we're producing with hard work has to compete with. You go out to eat, you're competing with guys that are fucking taking home equity loans out against their house. You know, credit people that are living off of credit cards. My kids, I, 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 I saved for my kids' college from the day they were fucking born. Okay, yeah. And I paid full rate for them. They weren't that smart. They were smart enough to get into the college. I paid full but rate. Smart, but they weren't smart enough to get any benefits. I paid full fucking rate. 
Uh-huh. And you know what? My dollar competed with everybody that was able to borrow money out of existence. They still haven't produced it. Nope. I competed with that. Is that fair? Right? Yeah. And and it's not and it's not even about fair. It's 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 about keeping people going on a hamster wheel. Listen, my grandfather was uh, I think he I don't know if he was first generation or if he was an immigrant or whatever. I never met him. He died before I, before I was born. But my fa- my my father used to tell me that he owned like three or four. He was a plumber. He owned three or four three family homes on the on the on the block, and he loaned money out to people who wanted to buy their own homes. But that's good debt. That's a fucking guy that made money and put his money at risk. That's right. That money that money was already produced. Yes. You follow? Absolutely. That's the, that's the kind of debt that's fine. What we got going on here right now is 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 wrong. Is wrong. It I mean everybody that's saving, we're competing with it. It's it's not it's not right to the people that are saving and working hard and you're just going to discourage it and that's what's happening. Society's changing. People are learning. Why should I save? Why should I sacrifice? They're, you're rewarding me for spending with my credit card, right? Um, why should I save? I mean, people get money. You can, you know, the right right story, you you can get money. It's true. No, you're absolutely right. And I never, you know what? It's, it's kind of interesting. I never thought of the, I'm competing against the people that can borrow out of existence. I, I never even thought of that for a second. You know that? like, But your tweet I loved, by the way, and I had to retweet it, and I also posted it in my Bitcoin-only group on Facebook because um, I, I thought it was awesome. Um, it, 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 it really is. And every single day I drive in traffic and think the absolute same thing. It, it's so true. I mean, obviously, like I'm talking about the rat race part. I, I, I didn't think about the other piece. But <laughs> it's true. Like, you know, we're just we're just sitting there. And to your point, it's like, you know, we're trying to go after something that's – just produced like that when it's they decide and you have no control it's over it. Supply. It's supply. You know what? You're, I forget who it is that said this, but it's like, you know, your employer doesn't have to ask you, you know, to pay you less money. Like, think about it. Like, I mean, it, even forget, even if you're self-employed, it's like you have to sit there and you have to argue with a customer that you're raising your rate, but yet the, the production machine just gets to simply produce the money and boom, there you go. You know, the government makes the money and they don't have to tell you that you now have to ask for more. They just make it so. And now you have no choice. And the burden is stuck on you. So they go and print it out. And now you, the random person that had nothing to do with this, that's just trying to, you know, make your ends meet and, you know, get your family ahead and whatever, you're the one stuck having to deal with it. Yeah. And what you what you already produced has been diluted. Yeah. Unless you're willing to take the risk and give it to Wall Street. Yeah, of course, right? And give it to Wall Street and... Don't do it yourself. Give it to them. <laughs> because they're the, you know what I mean? They know how to do this. You know, we, we can do this. Only they can. I, I'm in Massachusetts, by the way, so I've doxed myself in the past. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> that's where I am. But I figured at least if you did, I can too. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You don't have to feel so bad. And yeah, I do the same 45 minute to like hour and a half, could be two hours if there's, you know, two people that decided to, you know, look at each other the wrong way. (laughs) So I totally understand. And it's a horrible feeling, you know, and it doesn't have to be that way. But, um, hey, listen, 
Bitcoin could be a change. I mean, I'm all for it. I would love to see, you know, my kids only have to have one person working while the other person could raise a family. That's right. You know, and talking about that, right? Is it not an investment to be able to have, you know, like if you're, if regardless of, you know, I mean, today there's all like the gender things, but let's just say like one person and the other person at home to raise the kids, you know, not to deeply offend anybody, but like it's, it's extremely important. And that's something that's been lost. I mean, you're 48, I'm 40. So, you know, I, I grew up, I don't know about you, but my mother wasn't home. Um, you know, like I, I, she, I had my grand, I was lucky. My grandmother was at home quite a bit. I mean, my mother was at home a bit, but she wasn't like a stay at home mom. So you, we already started to lose that. And today there's, there's always two people working. So you, you, there's like, there's nobody there for you. It's a little yeah, bit I mean, different. I, I, I see it. Listen, I'm not, I can't say that my mom, my mother stayed home. My mother never worked. And my wife, when we first got married, I first was like, get a job. You know, she went out one night, left me with the fucking kids. I was like, you're quitting tomorrow. I don't care what I got to do. I have number one. I, I'm, I have a trade. So I've always had a side hustle. I'd rather side hustle than sit in the fucking house and watch little kids. So that was me. You know, I would, I would work weekends and, and work nights and work side jobs before I, before I was at my wife go out to work. It, I mean, she worked for like a week. I, I could not deal with my kids. I don't have the patience, man. It, I'm not, you know, I could never be a teacher. I could never do homework with my kids. Can't do it. I mean, I hear, and I really admire people that can. I'm not like, I hear people that talk about homeschooling their kids, and I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> You're a saint, man. You're a saint. I, I could never do it. I don't think you I know, can do it either. I, I just don't. I hated school myself. How the fuck can I yeah, do Teach somebody else. Go through all that shit again. Let's be honest. Like my, my kids would open up their homework. I would get, I would go, I'd get nightmares. Let's be honest. What are you going to say? This is fucking garbage. Like, why am I even telling you this? Like, this is garbage. You know, like it's, it's true. I, I remember coming home. I remember coming home and like my parents would be like, so what'd you learn today? You know, and I would tell them and like my father would look at me and go, yeah. And like, and obviously as a kid, you know, you're just like all excited and you don't really notice that he's like realizing that what you taught, what they taught you is just complete crap that you're never going to use. But you probably forgot it. <laughs> you, probably forgot it. <laughs> you know, it's like, so, but imagine if you're homeschooling, you know, like you, you actually get to be discerning and filter, but you don't. I know somebody who's homeschooled and, or, or I should say who has done the homeschooling or has a, you know, wife that does it. And from what I've understood, like, it's a fairly rigid curriculum that they have to yeah. be able to pass. So it's not like you get to skip over and tell them that it's total no. bullshit. No, it's, <laughs> so. it's probably more, it's probably more uh, stringent than going to school because, you know. Because they're at home. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I tell you, I, I, I had a good education, but I don't remember it. You know, you don't use it. You forget it. You do. You forget it. You don't and, use three you know, quarters. I, the kids I sent, my kids that I sent to college, I spent all that money. You know what they tell me? They don't use any of it. No. They I, don't use any of it. I didn't use and, anything I went to college. Nothing. You're, yeah. So. And I mean, your employer figures out what you can do for him real quick. And that's what you survive on, you know? 
You got to be able to make your employer money, man. That's what it comes down to. That's it. You got to be an asset to him. You got to take responsibility and got to have the right personality and you'll do fine. College education at the end of the day, listen, I'm an employer. I have college graduates that work for me. I look at their resume when they come work for me. After that, I could give two flying fucks where they went to school yep. or what they know. It's how they perform for me, what their work ethic is. Are they responsible? You know, if they take it home with them, you know, you take it home with you. That goes a long way in life. You know, your employer sees that. Oh, yeah. You know, hey, listen. People that just go work eight hours and uh, go home and, and live their life and then come in the next day, they're only going to get so much out of their professional life. You know, they're only going to be rewarded so much. But if you're the type of person that, you know, solves problems when you're home and then comes in the next day and shows your tells your employer, hey, I know what we got to do. You're going to be compensated, man. He's going to pick yep. up that shit real fast. Oh, yeah. And especially if you take responsibility. You know, if you take responsibilities from him, take them upon yourself, your employer is going to pick up like that, like that. And that's how you make money is taking responsibility. That's what it comes down to. I totally agree. And something else uh, to your point. I also noticed this right in the workforce. So when I was like, it's like when you're a kid, right, you know, you're always like trying to get, I guess, you know, like the highest grade or whatever it is depending if that's the type of kid that you are. But like as a person going out in the in the workforce, you um, you start to realize that nobody gives a shit. So <laughs> so like, you know, you're, you're, you're out there and you realize like everybody just wants to get by. Like the majority of people just want to get by and there's maybe like, let's say you work with 10 people, there'll be two people that want to get ahead and they'll both actually end up getting ahead. Why? Because the other eight don't give a fuck. Yeah, actually, you, the other eight you, want you to fucking slow down. Yeah, because and you're making like, them look yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I noticed that really quick, and then I realized, hey, wait a second. I, so at first, I was giving a hundred. You know, it's like I'd give a hundred percent, but then I realized it's like, well, wait a second. Everybody else is giving like five to ten percent. So it's like you don't even need to give a hundred percent to outshine all these people. You know, like it's like, and and that's that's really what it is. You know, and well, you, listen, you quickly realize you that. Come- it and you're still doing amazing. <laughs> well, it comes. It, listen, I'll tell you what. I work for large companies, but I am a small company. And you learn from working from for large companies. There's some fucking pieces of shit out there that just get a job and can blend in. And you're yes. like, how the fuck does this? Who's paying this guy? <laughs> and, <laughs> so many people like that. Yeah. I mean, there's people out there that... They won't answer questions. They don't respond to emails. You know, they just don't want to confrontation. They're working for a big company. Whatever they can do, it's like Seinfeld. You know, it is. Whatever they can avoid, avoid making the wrong decision. They won't make any decision. But then, when you go work for a small company, you have the opportunity to to you know fly or die. You know what I mean? There's no hiding behind uh, behind it. So it's totally different but working for a small company and working for big companies man you see it they just love to have meetings people big companies just love to have meetings so meetings all this is something that i and i work for a huge company um you know like one of those fortune 500s and um and i can tell you what you're saying is absolutely right and what's very interesting is this i've i've learned this um Going to meetings and being at that level, I, I'm a team lead for what I do um, in technical support, and 
I don't go to too many meetings, but as I've now shown more managerial courage, I go to more meetings. And I'm realizing that what it is, is it's an exercise in boredom. <laughs> um, they, they just want to see who can take this boredom. And if you're willing to deal with it, you're going to get a paycheck. Because to your point, you get nothing done in those meetings. I mean, everything you actually do is between those meetings and after work yeah. and before work. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you're just, it's, it's horrible. You know, you create action items and people follow up. Yeah. And then, you know, exactly. you, you, you get to say all these magical words that mean absolutely nothing. You know, like, I, I can't tell you how many. Critical path. What's the critical path? Of course, of course. You know, like, we, we need to know the root cause, you know. Or, and then, and or, an acronym. Oh, my God. Uh, Big. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, there's there's somebody that uh, there's there's a word that I've heard um, that I find totally interesting. So I'm as a troubleshooter, I, I've heard people use the word telemetry, and I, I have to be honest, never has anyone been able to use that in a sentence in my daily <laughs> life until I I got a job and worked in this field. And all of a sudden, you can fit that word into a sentence, and people will nod their heads. <laughs> so it's it's really like I don't know how they do it. <laughs> in the sentence, you set telemetry. How would you use that? <laughs> I'm going to try. Um, uh, I guess, like, what is the telemetry between this issue and this issue? Or what is the telemetry between this symptom and this symptom? I, I think it's like a really fancy word for relationship. I, I could be wrong okay. because I've never used the word. Because I'll look it up after we're yeah, done with this. That's right. You know, like, it's, it's very interesting. But it's just <laughs> stuff like that. You know, people use these buzzwords and everybody nods their head. You know, it's like, yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> like, hey, you learn, in bitcoin you learn you learn a lot of new buzzwords yes your vocabulary definitely changes let's talk about that so what did you what let, let's start with what you learned let's think of some um, definitely um, uh, i was gonna say the word asymmetric can be used yes for knowledge it can be used for reward which we, before bitcoin i never would have used that phrase before agreed Personally, agreed. Um, Low time preference and high time preference. Oh, I never even knew what the fuck that was. I never even thought of that that way. Like, I read it when I first read it in uh, Bitcoin Standard. I was like, "Holy shit, that, that makes so much sense." Okay, but let me ask you this: Did you not realize as you read it, you were like, "Hey, wait a second! I've been doing this the whole time." It's like, yeah, I, I definitely. All, you see, like that. That's it. It was able to vocalize what you were already thinking, but you didn't know that you were already doing this. Yes. Like you just simply Absolutely. got confirmation. You're like, oh, yeah. that's what that is. <laughs> yeah, I was, I'm willing to sacrifice today for my future self. That's right. I have a low time preference. I never used that before either. Me neither. I never even <laughs> I never heard, heard that. it used. <laughs> but there's a lot of different phrases like ones. that when you, start, when you start talking to people about Bitcoin. You know, there's a lot of different stuff out there. That, phrases you would have never used before. So um, we're gonna we're gonna switch a little bit. Um, there's one thing that uh, I noticed. So besides the mining, I also noticed that you uh, you also do bit piggies. Now I haven't gotten one from you yet, but maybe you can explain. Like even though I know you have explained bit piggies on uh, on Vlad's podcast, my listener yeah. base might be a little bit different. So if you can, yeah. so <laughs> originally when I had my own epiphany that hey. Bitcoin's a great savings mechanism, right? It's a piggy bank. 
And then I bought my first open dime and I realized that you could generate a public address without knowing the private key. I put two and two together and I was like, this would be a great way to introduce new people to Bitcoin. You could send like you would send somebody flowers, you could send them a Bit Piggy. So any Bitcoiner could send any no coin or a Bit Piggy, they'd have a, pri- a public key and their private address would be sealed and they'd go through the whole educational process of understanding, you know, the pairing of those two and to protect the private key. Um, and it's, you know, it's not really practical because it's it's one address. So you really don't want to DCA onto an open dime, you know, especially because it's a legacy address. It's not even a SegWit address. So down the road, you know, two years from now, you know, you have a hundred different uh, deposits onto that one address. It could cost you some significant fees to transfer it someplace else. But it's a start. It's a meme. It's an idea, you know. And eventually I'm hoping somebody with the technological background will perfect it where it's maybe a maybe it's an open time that's an expub that can generate new addresses. Oh yeah. You know, and then the kid only has to protect that one open dime, you know, whatever. There's a million different things. It doesn't even have to be. It could just be a wallet. It could be a Fit Piggy download. It could be an app. So I'm trying to just and I'm just trying to develop like an idea of, you know, something that's innocent associated with Bitcoin. It's saving the future. It decriminalizes it. You know, why why should it be? You know, so. It's sound money. I mean, people are just trying to save, do, do easy calculation. Hey, if I accumulate this and it holds its value, I'll have it in the future. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think introducing a piggy and a little cartoon character, you know, makes it a little bit more innocent. And um, that's it. I, you know, I have a new little uh, cartoon character that I paid uh, Bitco Yanowski to draw for me, which he did a beautiful job and. He, he gave me such a beautiful, sweet deal on that because he's a, he really likes, he really liked the idea of uh, a piggy bank and cool. uh, hopefully it goes someplace, you know, hopefully somebody that's smarter than me takes it, you know, I, it's, it's open, it's free, it's free for anybody to use, you know, that, that image, bit piggies, I don't care. That's really it's, cool. Um, you know, I've offered the idea up to anybody that wants to sell them and I'll, show you what I'm doing. It's, you know, I can only really, really do it in the United States, you know, maybe Canada where it's cost effective. Although I've shipped like a half a dozen of them overseas, but it's really not cost effective. And you know what? I'm not selling a lot of them. So it's not a high volume thing. It's got to be somebody that, you know, wants to do it for the same reasons that I'm doing it for. It's not for profit. There's no money to be made. Um, It's just a nice thing to do. And, you know, I have fun doing it. I think that's a good point, you know, that it's not for, you know, you have fun doing it and it's, you know, it's not for profit because right now a lot of us that are in Bitcoin, you know, to your point, you know, I mean, it's extremely high risk and it, you know, it could all disappear. But, you know, we're doing it because we, we love it. You know, we, we do it because we we think that we can change something for the future. Like, you know, it's that that's exactly what it is. It's like we're, we're not. I mean, it's like. I don't expect to sell all of my Bitcoin for fiat. Like, 
it I expect a high portion of it to stay as Bitcoin because that's what I expect the future to be in. You know, my whole my whole Bitcoin stack will stay Bitcoin because I have enough fee. I wouldn't if 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 I had to sell it, I wouldn't buy it. Yeah, I have. No, I'm, yeah, I have, you know, I I'm not stupid enough to take all my fiat and all my traditional assets and convert them to Bitcoin because I do realize it is speculative. But I'm doing it for not not only for my own self interest, but I really do think non sovereign fucking separation of state and money is huge censorship resistant yo it's listen you once you have it you can do anything you want with it exactly yeah they can can track you know if they really want to if you do something they can trace where you what you did but listen let's let's face it right now you're, you're walking around in society with your cell phone they can pretty much create history of anything you did oh 100 percent Absolutely. So, listen, I'm not a I'm not a criminal, so I really don't care. And and I'm smart enough to understand that there's certain there's certain UTXOs that are tied to my name, and then there's other ones that are not. So as long as you, you know, understand that and understand how to use Bitcoin in a way that it is, you know, to protect yourself, you'll be all right. That's right. And to be perfectly honest, even if they know those UTXOs, they can't actually stop you from sending any money to anybody no they they, no, they can't they can simply track it and then what and then the wor- they, so the worst worst case scenario that i see is let's just say the state goes to shit they could say okay like pretty much every, outside of the bitcoin that i mine, every bitcoin that i own is tied to my identity okay i bought them all on kyc aml exchanges me too the, wor- the worst thing that they could do is they could say, okay, how much Bitcoin do you have? Now, let's just say Bitcoin's $100,000, right? You're going to want to count. You're going to say, I have every fucking Bitcoin I bought. And they're going to say, okay. Just like they would say, sign for an airdrop. Okay, you still have those coins? Sign here and you don't have to pay you know, any, uh, any capital gains tax. Mm-hmm. Whatever you... Whatever you can't sign for, how do you account for it? You have to tell them, hey, listen, I spent it. I lost it. Somebody stole it from me. So, I mean, you really got to keep good records of, of all your coins. But that's how I could see this thing playing out is in the future. If the, if they go to, if the state goes to shit, they could say, how many Bitcoin do you have? We know you, you should be able to account for 90 or, you know, 100. Or two hundred, or whatever. How many do you have? And uh, you might have to prove it. Yeah. You know that's true. I mean, uh, recently there was the uh, that uh, tweet about the IRS uh, putting out their uh, their guidelines. I I didn't actually. Right. I'll be honest. I didn't actually look at their guidelines. I'm I'm one of those old school people. I don't do my own uh, accounting <laughs> taxes. I I just pay somebody to do it, and I tell them Damn. everything. And that's it. Here's all my papers. I have nothing to hide. I just tell me what the number is and I'll either pay it or I'll receive it. You just tell me what I got to do. <laughs> so. My account, my account looks at me and he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. They're never happy leave. anyways. They're always no, miserable. It's more, it's more numbers for him to keep track of. Of course. Exchange rates. 
He's oh already. He, he, they were like looking at me. These guys are like seventy and eighty, and like they were like looking at me and they're like Bitcoin. I'm like, it's a cryptocurrency, and they they're just like, so it's money on the computer. I was like, okay. I'm like, so my, <laughs> so my the end of that. My mining <laughs> accounting first year one. What I would do is every month. I took my electric bill and I calculated the consumption on my different miners and what my kilowatts that they consumed and what my power cost was. And I was recording my expense in electricity and just recording my coins. Yeah. And my accountant says to me, do you know, you have to record the actual value of the coin when it was mined. Oh my God. I'm like, why? It's, you know, it's still, he goes, no, you got to convert the USD value. At the time that you receive it, so it's like I, was, I just gave him everything. I mean, I I can't. I you know, kind of. it was like every ten days I was getting a you know a reward or whatever. Five to ten days I was getting a reward. You have to you have to record the value of that reward in USD. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, push comes to shove, I'll just go look at the chart and I'll guess. You know, I'll guess the lowest point or the highest point at the day. You know, let them do. Let them do the discovery and prove me wrong. Oh my gosh! Oh, the accounting is nightmare. Okay, I, I definitely did not go that far with my mining. I, I just I, I didn't even mention it, um, but that's just wow. That is terrible. Yeah. Oh my gosh! All right. Well, uh, okay. How about this? Uh, if you had anything for, because uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up soon, but. Um, if you have anything for any noobs coming into the space, what would you, uh, I, I always try to ask people, you know, what, what's their advice? Because it, I mean, you know, for a lot of us, we, we came in, became shit coiners, got freaking wrecked and then either stuck around and learned about Bitcoin and became Bitcoiners or we faded away. What would you, what would you say would be your, uh, your advice to anybody coming into the space? Take your time in dollar cost average. Because you need to have, you'll never, if you go in heavy early, um, you'll never hold on because you'll get scared or it'll go, it'll fucking pump and you'll get greedy and you'll sell. So my, my um, advice would be to take it slow, dollar cost average in and, and listen, if you're really into it, you'll absorb it. As much as you can. I know I did. I fucking couldn't get enough. I still can't get enough. Two years in, every morning I wake up, I look at my fucking YouTube feed. I look at my podcast feed, see what's new. I'm on the road a lot. You know, I have plenty of times to listen. And I have to constantly convince, you know, convince myself or re, you know, reconvince myself of why I'm on this path because it's not easy. You know, anybody that says hodling's easy. It's not. And, and listen, if five years from now, if Bitcoin's fucking a crazy number, I hope somebody's listening to this and says that motherfucker, he did not get lucky because it, I'm telling you right now, today's not an easy day for, for us. Right? I mean. To your point, it's not an easy day today. It wasn't easy back. It hasn't been an easy, hasn't been an easy couple months. And like you said, last win, uh, last uh, this time last year, into the winter wasn't easy either. No. And, you know, you gotta, you gotta have conviction. You gotta understand what you're buying, 
why you're buying it and um, understand how it works and you know and take it a little bit at a time because you, hey, listen three months down the road you might be like you know this is not for me then you get out you know but uh, if you're like me it, it really every day that goes by I get more and more consumed same you here know, I'm, 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 it's it's too good to be true how about that I, I get scared with the with with that kind of stuff, right? Because if it's too good to but be, it, but it isn't, because it's a lot of work. It's like it's weird, right? Isn't that kind of like a double edged sword? It's too good to be true, but at the same time, it's like a lot of work. Usually, things that are too oh. good to be true are just kind of, you know, silver platter and just get handed to you. Whereas this is like, this is not that way. Listen, the I'm, I'm I mean the idea of money that your government in today's world, the idea of being able to have money. That your government doesn't control, that they can't debase and inflate underneath you, is too good to be true because every country is doing it to every citizen out there. That's right. Um, but yeah, it's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. You gotta listen. There's so much, so much fud out there. There's so many no coiners. There's so many people that have interest in the way things are going. And you know, listen. I'll be honest with you. I have a more. I have a bigger interest, bigger bags in the current financial system than I have in Bitcoin, much bigger. And, uh, I'm still here. Yeah. You know, and, uh, cause I think it's a really good thing. I really do. Nice. I'd really like to see it. I'd really like to see, uh, money be taken away from, from every government in the world. I'd like money just to be money. Yeah. Something that has to be produced. Nobody can just produce it out of nothing. It's a fair game, you know? I think it would make for a better society. I actually think that we would invent better things. I think I think, I, I, it's a total ripple effect, you know? Uh, I mean, Guy Swan, uh, you know, from Cryptoconomy, I'm sure you listen to that. Oh, I mean, he's amazing. Me? Yeah, of course. Like, I, I always listen to him, you know? It, shout out to Guy. Um, he, yes. uh, he's, he's absolutely awesome. Well, he, he mentions that, you know, as well. You know, that uh, it, it really... I mean, it can incentivize such a better way of living for every single person. And, and it has like, we need to have that good money as a base for good things to come from it. You know, if we have bad money at the base, what's going to grow from it? Like, think about it. It's like, look around us, right? Like, you know, you've got insurance companies, the pharmaceutical companies, everybody's scamming each other. You've got products with all these horrible chemicals that kills everyone. Now, all of a sudden, you know, everybody's getting hormones from plastics and all the stuff in the water. And it's like, really? Like, why are people doing all this? Because we don't, what, we don't know any better? You know, maybe we, maybe if we had a lower time preference, we wouldn't put out crap. You know, maybe we wouldn't need to do these things. Who knows? We don't know. A lot of it has to do, in my opinion, a lot of it has to do with special interest lobbying our government. Absolutely. And, you know, that's... Totally agreed. You know, our, our, our government's bought and paid for, let's face totally. it. Totally. I mean, they start... <laughs> the fact that they can start to... Uh, they should wear logos. Campaign, they campaign <laughs> while they're still on the payroll. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> fucking work for me, motherfucker. Stay in office and do what you're supposed to do. Don't go out on the fucking campaign trail. I could give a shit about the next four years. I want you for these four years. But that's the other thing. I mean, every 
you know, the way our system, the way it's written now with term limits, uh, you you can't hold anybody's feet to the fire. You know, no, somebody comes in with the greatest, like, ah, you, you, you can't run more than eight years. Imagine, imagine a CEO of a company was like that. Would you ever hire a CEO, comp- a CEO and cap his upside? He could be the greatest, you know, CEO in the world. Would you ever say, hey, you know, after eight years, that's enough. Absolutely you know, we not. Can't have, we can't have this greatness anymore. <laughs> we got to bring the next guy in. We're done. <laughs> no, but it's it's true, right? Like, what is that? Like, isn't that strange that the people that pull the levers in society for some reason don't have to be responsible for – you've got too much responsibility. You know what? No responsibility for you. You get to wash your hands clean of any mistake that you make or any amazing thing that you do. And then they just point fingers. They point – you know, everybody's pointing fingers at the last guy. It, it, it's a shit system. It it's is. a shit system. It is. But you know what? They do the same thing in Canada as well. I, I mean, it, it's just, it, it's all crap. The fact, okay, the only thing that we, that they don't have in Canada is the um, lobbying the government, right? Like the, the, the companies um, in the same way. Okay. So, so you won't see that type of crap. But let me tell you, the, you know, the back and forth of nothing getting done doesn't take lobbyists to do that but the lobbyists here what does make it possible is that we can end up having these types of issues where where we actually have to debate something that shouldn't be debated because a company was able to lobby the government to put a law in place so that a horrible product could be sold you know what i mean like that's the kind of the difference and like that that's that's just terrible you know but hey, yeah. it'll run its course, and I, I think it's hopefully gonna. I think it's hopefully gonna change. Yeah, me too. I hope. Probably won't see it in our lifetime, though. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Probably not. But that's Probably okay. Not. That's okay. Yeah, that's okay too. So um, but... we're gonna uh, we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, if people want to, uh, if people want to reach you. What's the uh, the best way to reach you? Just reach me on Twitter, man. I love talking with anybody. I try to keep, I try to stay humble, be nice. I'm never uh, toxic with anybody because, at the end of the day, I'm just learning like everybody else. You know, I like to make statements that people come back at me because I actually learn from people that challenge my views. You know, and most of the things I tweet is just thoughts that come to my head. You know, something that I'm thinking and I put it out there, and I like to hear feedback. You know. That's awesome. You're you're definitely a better better man than I am in that regard. I, <laughs> I, I can't I can't help but troll. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't. There's so much shit out there. I mean, how much energy are you gonna put into it? You Not know, much. Debating people. You know, once you understand why you're here, I, I can't put much. I mean, unless it, unless I see somebody like trolling on somebody who doesn't understand. That's different. It, then maybe I would step in. Yeah, that's uh, different. That's like know, bullying. But but listening to a whole bunch of shit coiners in their own echo chamber, uh, I could give a flying fuck. Oh no, I'll I never do that. <laughs> I, I don't just jump in. But it, but to your point, if you see somebody struggling, it's like you know what? Yeah, I'll give him a yeah, hand. Then, yeah, give him a hand. Yeah, definitely tell him at least what you've experienced, and you know, if it helps him, it helps him. Well, I but d- it is high risk. It's a high risk fucking. Uh, you know, it's thing, a high, so. it's a high risk game, and shit coins are even higher risk. Yeah, so try to stay humble, man. So you can do. 
Cool. All right, we could oh. just keep talking forever. <laughs> Thank you yeah, so much, man, for coming on my show. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Coin Nicarus. Yeah. I, I think of Yukon Cornelius. Any Yukon Cornelius. <laughs> yeah, don't you remember from uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer? Oh my Yukon gosh. Cornelius. But is that okay. he was? He was like the Alaskan. Uh, he had the little mining. Uh, so hold on though, thing. is this is this the Rudolph where they're all kind of like the stick animation type? Yeah, thing? like claymation. Yes. Kind of thing? I didn't yeah, even. You, oh my god. He had the big red beard. So I was thinking. Corn, every time I hear Cornicorus, I think of Cornelius. That's hilarious. Oh my god, I didn't even think of that. No, I. Uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, the person I spoke to yesterday, I spoke to relevant uh, Peter Schiff, and. Uh, the, the real, the real Peter Schiff. Love him. <laughs> uh, he's amazing. Um, and and he actually asked about my name as well. So essentially, like it's um, it's because so you know in mythology, Icarus is the uh, the messenger to the gods, right? And Coin Icarus is like a coin messenger. And you know, since I do a podcast and everything like that, I uh, I figured. I like it. Yeah, but also it's because uh, back in the day, because I grew up in the '80s, there was a game called uh, Kid Icarus. And there was also a cartoon called, uh, what was it, uh, Captain N and the Game Masters? And it was like essentially like an entire cartoon based on Nintendo. And they obviously had the Kid Icarus character. So, yeah, you know, I mixed the two. Yeah, Coin Icarus. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I like it. I, I, cool, man. Thank you so much for coming on my show. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoyed my discussion with Fartface2K. His contact details will be in the show notes. Um, if you guys want to support the show, you can go check out moetarags.com and just go to All Clothing and select the Fun with Bitcoin podcast collection if you want to help support the show or pick up some slick swag. Anyways, I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode of Fun with Bitcoin and I'll catch you all next week.